Let me ask you a question. Do you think technology is taking over the real estate industry? Well, these days, it sure can seem that way. Every time you go online, there's a new app, new marketing gimmick, a gadget, or an AI bot that can do almost anything that a human used to do. But what technology cannot do is provide that local human experience that every one of your clients need, especially in a real estate transaction where no two situations are the same. In this fast evolving landscape of real estate, balancing high-tech tools with a personal approach is more important than ever. Whether it's managing client relationships, handling transactions, or staying ahead of market trends, the challenge is real. And my next guest is gonna help us sort through all the noise and find the tools that fit your business the best. And joining me will be Michael Neef. Michael is the CEO of Pre-Approve Me, a company focused on building custom software designed to drive real estate referrals all the while enhancing the overall customer experience. Michael's a highly regarded tech leader in the lending and real estate world. He's been at it for almost 20 years. So he knows the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to tech and real estate. And together, we'll discuss how to leverage the best technology all the while keeping your connections with your clients strong and genuine. Look, having the right tools can grow your production and efficiency in your business to levels you never thought possible. But knowing what tools to use, and more importantly, how to use them, can be the difference between a five and a six figure income. Technology isn't taking over, but if you don't know how to use it effectively, you're gonna get left behind by the competition. So tune in and learn how to blend human ingenuity and big tech. You'll be like real estate Iron Man or woman. Hello out there to all you digital deal makers of the real estate realm. This is the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast, and I am your host, Mike Mills, local Dallas-Fort Worth mortgage banker with Geneva Financial. And if you're listening to this live today, Thursday, February 22nd, then it's most likely right now it might be on your Wi-Fi and not on your cell phone because half the country's cell service was out this morning, including mine. And that ain't great if you are in sales and do business with your phone, but nonetheless, here we are and the show must go on. Now... <clears throat> I guess I must have psychic powers because today, um, on a day where technology is failing all of us, supposedly due to Mother Nature flexing her muscle a little bit, we're here to talk about technology and real estate. So with that, I want to ask you a question. Is the digital revolution we're all fully entrenched in these days, not just in real estate, but in all walks of life, enhancing your client relationships, or is it creating a great digital divide? And how can you find a balance between using all the incredible tools at your disposal without sacrificing that personal touch that your clients crave. Well, today we're going to solve all your problems or at least give it our best try. So, but before we do that, if we make your day orders of magnitude better because you listen to this conversation between two middle-aged mortgage guys, as always, I have a favor to ask. If we get you one step closer today to becoming the Tony Stark of real estate, blending tech genius with a human touch, then please like subscribe and share this episode with your network. Because the more real estate iron men and women we can add to our little community, then the more time I can spend, bring, spend bringing you impactful and relevant content to help you grow your real estate empire. Now, let's get on to the show. So joining me today is a man who knows technology so well that he should be on the phone talking to AT&T right now and fixing my self-service instead of wasting time talking to me. But here he is either way, the CEO of Pre-Approve Me and um, a real estate tech wizard, Mr. Michael Neef. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, my pleasure. I was actually on the phone with AT&T, but then I, the, the line dropped. Go the figure. line dropped. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was wondering, like, if we're in the first act of uh, what was that movie? Uh, Leave the World Behind from Netflix, oh, yeah. you know, where everything. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. It was it was kind of crazy. Yeah, it's a little uh, it's a little concerning. I mean, especially, you know, it's it's pretty apropos to our topic today just because 
you know, you get you get the idea pretty quickly that um, we're so dependent on all the technology around us that when things go sideways, which I mean, they did today. And, and from what I can see, you know, I don't know exactly because this is all new to everybody. And, and actually, I joke, but my cell service is back up now. So um, and I think a lot of people are starting to come back up. But apparently they're saying it was a solar storm, which um, I don't know how much you keep up with that kind of stuff. But that was what they were saying. I don't know how it only impacted AT&T and a few others if it was a solar storm, but who knows? Well, so when it comes to like the cell networks, when it, it you know, orbiting around our yeah. system, those storms can impact dramatically the, you know, the capacity for the satellites to produce service in massive areas. And that's why lately you've been hearing a lot about this this threat of Russian nuclear war from space. And it's not like they're going to launch nukes from space into the United States or anything. But more accurately, the, it's a, essentially an economical warfare tool yeah. because they would essentially nu detonate a nuclear bomb in orbit, which would create radiation, which would dramatically impact the ability for communications and these satellites to work effectively as they pass through these areas. And a new almost in space, kind of right where they just shut down, you know, all the all the. Yeah, digital. I mean, temporarily, an EMP would be the the effect. But long term, you're talking about years and years where because you're in a zero G environment and things don't move on their own with inertia, they're yeah. essentially just you have a satellite that's in orbit passing through a field of radiation and you lose communication and the, then the entire system starts to degrade. Oh, because, because the radiation, radiation doesn't dissipate; it stays yeah. there, basically. Oh. And so it's it's a way to to essentially produce economical warfare. You know, when you your country's tied directly into the ability to communicate and to. So who knows, right? Yes, yes. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe that was this. <laughs> who knows? Well, there was there was a story, um, and I'm a I'm a conspiracy theory nut. Um, I spend way too much time on some of this stuff, but there was actually a. Uh, they kind of made fun of it afterwards, but somebody, it was a, it was a Pentagon official, I believe that did like a press conference. and was like, you know, raising concern about, you know, Russia having some weapon that they were going to launch into space. And everybody was like, Oh no, no, it's not that big of a deal. It's, you know, they're, they haven't gotten there yet. It was just something that they were looking at, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it was like somebody from the Pentagon actually came out, held a press conference in front of the press corps at the white house and said, Hey, this is a problem. And everybody freaked out. And then they came back and said, no, 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 it's not a problem. So, um, you know, whenever you see stuff like that, you're like, Hmm, wonder what's the real story. Yeah. Yes. What are they really telling us? Um, all right, well, let's, let's try not to be too, too doom and gloom today, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it's, uh, certainly, um, certainly is a weird day when you wake up and nothing is functioning properly. It makes you really think how vulnerable we are in some places. And this was a very, very minor thing. It wasn't a major thing. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> so let's, let's get into what we're basically going to talk about today, which is, um, how tech is impacting real estate and, and not just how it's impacting real estate in our industry, but also how it's impacting our relationships with our customers, because, you know, for years, um, real estate has always been a very um, relationship based business, right? It, it, it's always been this is why the Zillows of the world and the Redfins, even in the last 15 or 20 years, have had a really hard time penetrating and taking, you know, market share directly from local realtors and, and local mortgage people because we create relationships. We we meet with people, we talk to people, we create bonds, get referrals, you know, that that's kind of how it's always been. And now, you know, um, with especially with, you know, some changes on the horizon, possibly with 
how realtor commissions are paid and how our, um, you know, AI, the AI revolution that's on us at this point, that's starting to impact everything that relates to what we do all the time. Um, what are you seeing or what do you feel like is happening when it comes to all these tech innovations and how they're impacting our business? We'll get into kind of how it'll change things going forward, but just, you know, what's your overview of all this right now? Well, I mean, it's, it's very exciting. Yeah. You know, it's a very exciting time to be alive just from an outsider's, let's say just from an outsider's perspective, looking at technology, just globally, what's possible. It's very exciting to see how it can impact every industry in a positive way. When you're talking about creating a general overall better efficiency or delivery system, um, driving down costs for the consumers, this stuff is all very positive when it comes, you know, when you look at it from the outside. Now, when you step into one, any particular industry, real estate, for example, and if you're a professional in the industry, well, then it can be like used for good or used for evil. It's, it, it can be looked at both ways. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I like to say is it's important that you, you know, that you carry the, the attitude of positivity into this process yes. and, and figure out how to use it for good. Otherwise you're going to be on the short end of the evil stick and you know, it's going to be, you're going to be a victim of technology as opposed to somebody who leverages it to create their own success. So as, as real estate professionals, even lenders too, because we're all in this together, basically, um, there are a myriad of tools available right now. Like, I mean, and it's, and it's almost, if you're not used to using technology, now obviously you created an app that's designed for helping borrowers and buyers, um, you know, kind of keep everything in one spot, how to get their application completed. We'll get into, you know, everything that your app does here in a minute. But, mm -hmm. but when you look at it from all the tools that are available to folks right now, real estate uh, realtors, uh, lenders, all these tools that individually we can use, but even on a company level that can be used. Um, where do you see the biggest, you know, um, impacts coming from that, that can immediately be used that aren't incredibly difficult to manage? Because that's the problem I think a lot of folks run into is like, there's all of these information or all this information, all these tools, but figuring out what to use and how to use it is is really challenging because if you're not used to using tech on a day-to-day -day basis, it's 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 too much. It's like drinking water from a fire hose. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. Um, you know, there's that old adage, teach an old dog new tricks. Well, there's plenty of 35-year-old loan officers and real estate agents who have been doing business for 15 years in a particular way, and they're not old by any means. Right. Um, but there's technology now that are is likely foreign to them. Yep. You know, and 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 forces outside of their own business that influence their business by leveraging technology in a more advanced way. So, you know, the 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 trick is really just find out, you know, first off, who's your customer, mm -hmm. how that person wants to use technology in their life for transacting mortgage and real estate transactions, and then find the tools that are easiest for you to adopt and don't drink from a fire hose. Because like you said, like if you, for example, if any of you guys have ever done like a big transformation in your diet, it's very difficult to do a big transformation in your diet to also create a new habit, going to the gym and to get your finances under control on the same day. Yeah. It's, tough. it's just, you got to do one thing at a time, right? You, yeah. you can only eat a whale one bite at a time. Yeah. So the trick then is, 
find out your customer's avatar, what do they really need, and then figure out how to solve that problem, finding one piece of technology, learn it, become an expert, and then move on to the next thing as soon as it's a habit, right? Yeah. Because you're really talking about creating habits. And with humans, that's one of the hardest things to do is to break old habits and build new habits. So if you were, if you were brand new to either, or not, maybe not brand new, maybe you've been in the business for a long time as a real estate agent or a, or a lender. Um, cause you were a lender at one point for a long yeah. time. Um, you well, even have a, what's your podcast called a re recovering, uh, yeah. loan officer <laughs> conversations with a recovering loan officer. Yeah. Yes. 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 So you <laughs> did that for a long time. So you've been yeah. playing in our world. So, um, you know, we all are trying to reach more clients, right? We're all trying to touch more people so we can, especially these days when deals are not falling out of trees like they were, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, it's harder. So if you were starting today, knowing what you know about everything in real estate and uh, tech, where would you, where would you start? Where would you, where would be the first bite of the whale that you would take? Well, first is your, and this, I'm going to give credit to this, to Jason, um, Frazier, who was on my podcast actually yesterday. Okay. And, and, and this is, these are concepts that I, I've known and that it, that I've implemented in my own personal business in the past. But it's top of mind because of of his um, appearance on my podcast. And that is really you have to learn how to build a community around your business. And so if you're going to focus on one piece of technology, it is how do you reach the customers that you want to do business with? And so you have to identify where they hang out what right. kinds of things they're into, what hobbies, what, where they're working. And then you have to go and build a marketing campaign through email, social, text, you know, all these, the different channels to reach them. And so what technology would I learn to use first? That's social media. I mean, because yep. awareness is going to drive business and it will continue to drive business into your life. If you can just focus on becoming a good marketer mm -hmm. is going to continue to support you, which is the good news. The good news is it's not one click buy home today. You know, it's not like I find a home on the MLS. I click buy. I'm already pre-approved through Rocket. It's once I click it, they they give me a 30 second countdown. Are you sure you want to buy 25, 20, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, buy it. Yes. We're not there yet. Okay. Yeah, Will we yet, be there at yet. some point? Yeah. Probably for some buyers, mm -hmm. you know, probably for some buyers will be the, at that point in 5, 10, 20 years, whatever that number yeah. is. Yeah. But if you can if you can create awareness of who you are, what you believe and what you do in in your local community or with within the niche that you want, you're going to be able to build a sustainable business for the foreseeable future. Right. Now, of course, you'll want to start because and we probably are going to get into this, but as technology improves, your tasks that you're doing decrease. The tasks you're required to do. Like I remember when I first got in the in the business, I was in a real estate agent's office and I was asking them questions about, hey, how are you know what do the home prices look like over here? And they whipped out a phone book. It was like this fat. Yeah. And it had listings in it. Yes. And they're like, well, let me look you here. Let me do some comps, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a lot of work. Well, now it's like pff, AVM. I know yeah, exactly what the house is worth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So naturally, there's going to be compression and commissions and margins on the mortgage side and all these things. And so um, you'll need to scale using technology. And so what what you may get away with one or two deals a month right now and, and live a healthy life, you may need to do four or five in the future, you know? Yeah. 
Well, I think what you're saying, and this is what I was writing down here, is is it's funny when we talk about tech so much that you know there's all these tools that you can use, but if in reality, if you don't know yourself, right? If you don't know or have a plan as to what your plan of attack is, then you really don't know where text can help you because a lot of times people spend, we spend time just shooting, you know, darts into the air, just hoping that works, hoping this works, trying this thing, trying that thing. And, you know, and I, I've talked to several agents about this and people, I mean, not, not just about real estate, but in everything is like, if you don't, and this is something I even struggle with sometimes too. And I know this, I'm aware of this, but if you don't sit down and write out what your plan is, here's what I'm going to do. Here's who, like you said, who's my customer? Who am I trying to reach? Well, if I don't know that, if I haven't figured that out, well, then I can't use the tools to, to find that customer because I have no idea who I'm looking for. And yep. if I haven't written out my plan and I've said, okay, first I'm going to, you know, I need to come up with a marketing strategy. Where, where am I going to target my marketing efforts? Am I going to focus on Instagram? Am I going to focus on YouTube? Am I going to focus on Facebook? Because again, can't do them all, right? Not at, not at the same time, at least not till you build systems. So really and truly kind of what you're saying is, is like this whole balance between human, human ingenuity or human touch and technology is until you know what you're trying to do and you have a, des a designed out plan that you've written up and come up with, which by the way, chat GPT could probably help you with that. But sure. if, until you've done that, then the technology is useless to you, or, or at least it's it's a waste of time because you're not being effective with your time, right? I'm not, I'm not going to get into my car and plan a trip to China. I mean, I got to get on an airplane for that. The tool yeah. is not a car Yeah. in that case. So identifying your customers, where they live, you know, where they spend their time, how it relates to you, what you believe what you think that your customers should know about you. I mean, this is kind of marketing 101, but it is but very few people actually do it. Well, yeah, it's because we're all doing, we all do what we're comfortable with, right? We yeah. get set in our own ways and our patterns and it's hard to break them. It is really hard. And everyone struggles. You said you struggle. I struggle with it every day, you know, it's, yeah. it's a challenge. Well, I'm sure. I mean, so when you, I'm curious. So when you started pre-approve me, I'm sure you had to go through this process because you created something that yeah. solved a problem. Right. Yeah. But you didn't know what you were going to create until you knew what the problem was and what the pieces were. So talk a little bit about how you went from being a loan officers, you know, trying to solve these issues every day to, uh, you know, just solving the problem. Saying, oh, I'm just going to make a damn app myself and figure it out. So yeah. how did that process go? That's a great question. So it was basically a desperate moment where I, I had. So I got in the industry in 2005 and I was fortunate enough to have a very good mentor. My uncle, who's was in the mortgage industry for, you know, 15 years prior to me getting into it. Now he's a, one of the top realtors in Oregon, told me, he said, you know, as a loan officer, the one thing you need to focus on from a marketing perspective is creating strong realtor relationships. Okay. That's still a very good, good advice today. It's still Absolutely. relevant. Um, and so I did. So for five years, I went out there and during the crash, 08, 09, 2010, right? We start to get a little rebound. Well, I built relationships, helping realtors learn how to build marketing campaigns and work on contact conversion and learn social media and retargeting and all these things that were really hot at the time and still relevant today. Um, I built a strong book of referral uh, realtors. And when the market rebounded, I, I sort of lost it. I, I didn't have capacity. I didn't have the teams, the systems in place to deal with the production that was coming in. 
a lot like, like you a opened up this big this big gulf of people, but now you didn't know how to manage it as it all came in. Because my funnel was huge, yeah. right? The top yeah. of the funnel was huge, and the systems yeah. I put in place to manage the business coming in, it wasn't scalable. It yeah. wasn't scalable. And right now, I think, guys, this is really relevant today because business is slow. This is when you build the systems. Yes. You know? And so 22, 23, 20, part of 24, who knows what the forecasting is, but people are saying things are going to rebound a little bit. Okay. Yeah. It's an election year. That's so what they say. <laughs> that's what they say, right? That's well, what they say. If your fingers are crossed, your activities should be, you know, focused on those things to build the system. So yeah. here's what it was for me. My clients and realtors needed information when I wasn't traditionally available, right? They needed information about what their payment was on a particular home they're about to go look at. And this they may be seven o'clock at night when you're at dinner or doing whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. So I'm with my family. I'm hanging out. I'm trying to do things for myself. And and that's when my realtors are getting to work, right? I mean, their yeah. work weeks are Friday to Monday. Yep. And, and so for me, it was that disconnect where my customers needs and my realtors needs in, interfered with my needs. So my, the question then was, okay, how do I empower my clients and realtors with the information they need when and where they need it so that I don't have to be sort of subject to, you know, their needs on their timelines. Yeah. And so I, I had read uh, a couple of years prior to that, I'd read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Very great book. Well, there, you know, people think it's gimmicky or whatever, but at the end of the day, he talks about, you know, eliminating the things that aren't completely necessary to run your business, systematize those things that are required, but can be systematized, hire somebody to do the things that need to be done that can't be systematized. And the very last thing you should be doing is doing it yourself. Yeah. So I pulled my entire business apart. And one of the most frustrating things was those weekend and evening phone calls. Well, what what can I do to improve this process for my customers and stop the calls from coming to me? Because I don't, my clients didn't like it either. I asked them, you know, I, I asked my clients after they call me at eight on Saturday night, hey, what were you doing when you called me? You know, did was it hard for you to call me? Did you want to? And most of them are like, no, because I know you're a family man and I didn't really want to yeah. call you. Well, you know what happened was not everyone was calling me. Oh yeah. Some people just didn't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So now what are they doing? Right. Well, there's, everyone has this assuming it works. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not today. They can but, look yeah. up information about the entire process here. Yeah. Mortgage and real estate, they can get information. And where's that information go? Somewhere else, some other, another realtor. Yeah. You know, so. Somebody else kinda, is answering their question. If you're not. Yeah, exactly. Or they're getting yeah. it online and now all of a sudden they're in a funnel. They're in somebody else's big funnel that they prepared. Yep. Yep. And best case scenario, and not to be crass, but best case scenario, it's now a threesome, right? It's yeah. a realtor, another realtor and you. Yeah. And the consumer fighting for this customer. Yeah. And and you know, you don't want that. It's a it's a monogamous thing. We want to stay with our customers, keep them not captive, but make sure that we're the source of truth when it comes to information. And so that's the problem I was trying to solve with our system is how do we empower our clients to get that information? Yeah. Well, and when you build something, I mean, th that's the, that's the thing that, you know, not a lot of people do or are capable of is, is they find a problem and then they create something to solve that problem, which is exactly what you did with your app. 
And, um, you know, and, and obviously you've, you've created a whole, a whole business and a whole career and a whole company around it. So, um, but not everybody has that ability and, or maybe desire or will is probably the better word yeah. for it. Um, I think we all have speakers mindset. Yeah. 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 We all have ability inside of us it's just how far you want to take it. But so when you're looking at what kind of tech offerings are out there today, obviously, you know, you said social media is a big piece. Um, I know people are always hesitant with that, but that's the other thing is there's a million ways to do social media. There isn't just one way. You don't have to dance on a video. You don't have to even show <laughs> your face or talk, you know, you can, these days you can get AI to do it for you and, and we'll get into that some too. But um, what are, you know, if you had an, an essential toolkit, let's call it right. Mm -hmm. If, if you're, uh, if you're talking to your real estate professionals back then and you're like, okay, you got to have these three things or these five things, or, or basically you're irrelevant today. Um, you know, what, what do you think that those things would be? First up, first off, you had to reach. So we talked about social media. Well, that's the first thing. So again, focus on, on just being, you know, I guess one of the first piece of advice I got was like, if people don't know your business, they won't do yeah. business with you. Right. Okay, so that's the first thing. So you got to make sure your reach is large enough. So that doesn't just mean social media. It could also mean like shaking hands and kissing babies, meeting people in the local community. It could be yeah. being involved with your kids schooling or sports programs. That's really important. Um, you know, CRMs, you got to have a really solid CRM. Um, and you know, you don't want to think of it as just a place to send broadcast emails out and a place to send drip emails based on campaigns. You need to really organize your activities and put the emphasis on the things that drive the highest ROI in your business. So if you've never done like a calculation on the activities that produce the most revenue for you, do that, right? You shouldn't be doing activities that pay you $20 an hour when you can make $100 an hour doing something else. Right. And so, you know, systems to help you track activities going to be really important. So a really solid CRM can help you do that. Um, and then um, from the from the real estate side, I would say it's really important to build an ecosystem for your clients to shop safely. Uh, if they go on Zillow, every single one of those listings has another person's contact information tied to it. Uh, yeah. If you're a loan officer, they're the, the, the payments tied to that listing lead to another loan officer. Yep. And so and you wrong. need to find a way to provide value during that phase in the process when your clients are in an information gathering uh, phase. I say today, you know, it, it's really apparent in my kids, but even amongst people our age, Mike, there's very much this ADHD economy happening. Yeah. And, and, and you can't walk into a Starbucks without seeing 70% of people staring at their phones, even if they're sitting across the table from a friend they haven't talked to in five years. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, that's the, uh, the amount of capacity people have to focus. They're just constantly needing to swipe, to be engaged, to, to collect more information. And, and so if your clients are on Zillow, which you may not be able to stop by the way, yeah. because, but you could provide them resources to get questions about the houses they're finding on there. You know, maybe you could record videos and put them on Loom into a, an archive for them to research information. Like, well, I found this house on on Zillow. It's a it's a triplex. How's that work in financing? Well, give them resources to, yeah. to look into that using your systems. So, 
kind of like we did with pre-approve me, I think it's important to build up build guardrails around your customers. And um, so systems like, you know, like YouTube and, and Loom and, you know, uh, Kajabi or something that would help you kind of build a protected system for information, I think it's really important today. You're going to have to invest time. It's a lot of time. Well, that's the thing. It's 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 weird because it, these two things kind of mesh to each other is that we have these, we're in a world now where everybody has the shortest attention span that we've ever experienced because yeah. of the, 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 the internet and social media platforms hijacking a natural dopamine, you know, uh, yeah. interaction that occurs inside your brain. And they figured out how to just basically ramp that thing up to, you know, a thousand percent. And so it's created in all of us. And, and like, I give my kids a hard time because like, I can't sit down and watch a movie with them because if, if the movie in the first five minutes doesn't have them like excited about it, they're out. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. can we, can we let it build? Like, this is, this is a story. It's a three hour or two hour story. Let it build. You know, there's yep. some pieces to it, but we don't have time for it. And, and even myself, I, I'm, I'm a victim of that as well. So, but the, the downside to this, and I think it's like the, the, the thing that we don't maybe understand fully is that whenever you're doing stuff like this, there's no immediate payoff, right? When I'm sitting down, if I'm, if I've decided that I'm going to create a library of videos, let's just say I'm going to make 10 videos about the process of, of going through a home loan or the process of buying a house, you know, mm -hmm. what's earnest money? What is, uh, what's the inspection like or whatever. And I'm making this for YouTube. Okay. Well, in order to make those videos, get them, you know, somewhat produced or whatever, you know, and edit them or whatever and put them out. That takes time, right? That takes time. Yeah, That's something that you can do right away. And, and if you've never done it before and you're not an expert at it, then it takes extra time because now you got to figure out how to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, you get five minutes or two hours into that process and you're just like, okay, I, this is too much. I can't do this. I'm never going to do it. But what we don't understand is that if you can commit to those things, it may take you a week. It may take you two weeks. It may take you a month. And then as you get better at it, your time to, to, to work gets less. But as you build those systems and you build those things, they start to work for you and, and you don't get the benefit of it until you've built it and it's there and it's working in the background. And then you, you, re, you reap the benefits at that point, but the yep. buildup takes so long and our attention span is so short that people just aren't yep. built to sit there and go, okay, I'm going to sit down today for four hours and I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to plan it out. I'm going to put it together and I'm going to implement it because in five years or in two years or in six months, it's going to pay off, but it doesn't pay off right now. It's so hard. It is so hard because I mean, you know, delayed gratification is a lost art. It really yes. is. Yes. And so, you know, the one one way to 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 realign your goals, right? There's a couple ways of doing it, but one way that I found today is most effective in like this economy where people are constantly needing stimulation is you need to set up your environment to drive the outcome you want. Yes. So, for example, my computer, I have a mic sitting right here. I have a light right there. I've got my podcasting background. I have notes on my monitor to let me know that if I'm not talking to new people or creating content on a one-to-many scale, then I'm wasting my time. Right. These these are triggers for me. Yeah. To refocus on my mission, and my mission personally is to help a thousand loan officers make more than a million dollars a year. That's my, that's my mission, right? And so the only way to do that is at scale. I can't coach a thousand loan officers individually. Right. As a matter of fact, coaching is not going to be the tool that deliver the value that I expect right. to, to, to meet that goal. And so um, you need to really focus on the triggers and setting up your environment to support your goals. And 
make sure that um, you really believe in them. You know, and it, right. and so one thing that people come back to is they they always say, "Well, start with why." Okay, well, why is great, but if you're not constantly being reminded of the why, you know, then you're you're not likely going to take the action that is required. Right. And sometimes it is a couple year plan. Yeah, you know, and it well, is a. That's part of like building, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talk about this, you know, social media, it can be used as a tool to help you, or it can be used as a tool to, you know, hurt you. Right. It, it depends on what you, but you create your own world, right? You don't go in to TikTok and open it up and see, you know, people getting into fistfights in the street and, you know, stupid people jumping off bridges and doing stupid, unless that's the stuff you engage with and interact with, right? Because you're creating that world. So if you're like, well, the social media is ruining everything. No, 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 you're ruining yourself. You can create a world where when you go on TikTok, all you see is people with motivation, you know, uh, quotes and, and you see tech innovations and how to use it and how to prompt chat GPT. And, you know, I mean, that's what my TikTok is. I mean, I'm still cultivating, yep. but if I go to TikTok, most of the time it's stuff. And that's why I can't watch it before bed. Cause my mind, I'm like, Oh, this oh, is yeah. great. I gotta do this. I gotta yeah. do this. I gotta do this. You know, I mean, it's too much, but the point being is like, you can take social media, which is a tool. It's a technology, technological tool that is available to everybody. And you can use it to help you if you cultivate it in the right way. Yeah. It's used for good or used for evil. Yeah. You know, and so it's either to achieve your agenda or somebody else's. Right. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. So do you do you do you want to leverage this to to improve your life and your position, your financials, your your happiness? Or are you just going to use it to buy a product somebody else wants to sell you? Right. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's a way for you as a business owner, entrepreneur, intrapreneur, whatever you are, there's a way to to leverage these tools to to help you reach those goals. But Got to set up that environment. Got to make sure your algorithm on TikTok. If your algorithm's messed up, delete TikTok, create a new account. Yeah. Ser- spend a week searching the right terms only, and then go from there. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. there's there's ways of of dealing with that. And also, I think accountability is super important. Find somebody to be accountable to because you don't want to disappoint the people that you care about. Yeah. So you know, if you've got a goal, you want to to reach it. Find accountability with somebody. Because if it's yeah. just yourself, oh, I'll give myself a pass today. Yep. Well, that's slippery. That's a yes. slippery slope, you know. You get a pass and, every day. Yeah, easily, easily. I mean, I'm going to the gym tonight. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure you are. Sure, sure you I are. am. Yeah. Um, okay, so, you know, we there's some old tried and true ones that we talked about again. So everybody knows about social media, and, and I'm not going to beat him into the ground yeah. about need to be on it. Although I will say, because I've said it a million times, I'm sure you do too. If you're not somewhere on social media on the internet, then you basically don't exist. Because like you said, we spend 70% of our time staring at that little box in front yeah. of us. This is where everybody lives right here. So so you got to have that. CRM is incredibly important because database management and being able to contact your clients with information, You know, whether you're sending videos or you're sending newsletters or you're sending anything out to them on a regular basis is, is got to be paramount in all of this. Because if you don't have regular contact with your people, in your database, then, you know, you're, you're going to be struggling as well. So um, the next thing I want to talk just a little bit about, because I've done multiple podcasts on this and I will continue to do them because I'm learning more and more every single day. And it blows my mind is AI, right? AI is really, I don't think it can be overstated 
as to how quickly and how how much it is starting to impact everything we do. I mean, when was ChatGPT released? Was it 2022 at the beginning or 20 or at the end? The beginning of three. Like okay. Yeah. January. So we're barely a year. We're not even two years into this thing, right? And and you know, we talked before we came on the show about the amount of layoffs that have occurred in the tech industry because of what AI is doing to streamline all these tasks and processes that humans used to do. So what do you think right now in real estate, you know, without getting too far into the weeds, but as far as utilizing AI to help you with your business, even if it just comes down to just learning the basics of it, like where, do, where does anybody even start? And are you going to be, by the time we figure it out, are we going to be too late? You know, like what's, what's, the, what's the learning curve and the speed at which this thing goes? Well, it's like compounding interest. You know, yeah. you, if you started putting money in into an account for your kids when they were born over time, it's going to grow, grow faster and faster. Yeah. So start now. Like it's not too late. It's never too late. You can start now. It's going to compound your information uh, and the, the ability to use the technology is going to compound. Um, where does it go? Well, I mean, it, it it's going to touch every aspect of your life, even if you don't know it. Right. Even yes. if you don't know it, it's going to touch every aspect. I mean, you're going to take this video and I'm sure that AI is going to chop it up into segments to be leveraged as a, a reel or a, a minute long video on YouTube and a short. And, uh, you, and it will take a two hour task and make it a 20 minute task. I have an entire step, step by step process for and I have it built before the show. I have it built for after the show mm -hmm. and I have it built for marketing purposes and my before the show is it sometimes helped me with intros, topics to focus on. And it's really, it's just a brainstorming thing, right? It, because I'm going to choose what I want to do with it. But sometimes if I had a, it's like having another person that you get to talk to, to come up with ideas, right? Yeah. Because I can say, Hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. And it'll give me five and they kind of suck. And I'm like, I don't really like that one, but let's focus on these or whatever. But, but I can build these prompts in and I can go in and create SEO uh, keywords. I can create, um, uh, show notes. I can create transcripts. I can create key takeaways. I can create blog posts. I can create everything. And, and like you said, it takes me 15 or 20 minutes to do all that where it, before that would have taken someone a week. Yep. Oh, easily. And so, I mean, you, you said the word, you said the magic word, right? And I think this is where you should, you should start. And it comes down to like, I'm going to pull it back into more understandable terms for most people. Because some, for some people, this term is foreign. It's becoming more common. But prompting, that is really the key to starting your journey in understanding how AI works okay, yeah. and, and how, to, how to utilize it. So what is prompting? Communication skills. Yep. Okay, so how do you communicate your desires to an, an employee of yours? Okay. If you don't, have you ever done that? Um, <laughs> have you ever done that um, funny experiment where you write on a piece of paper for your kids how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and they have to follow every step yes yeah well i did that in school yeah yeah we did that long how do you and when you say spread the peanut butter like with what what do i where yeah and they're their finger they don't they yeah. just, it goes sideways right i mean yeah, so prompting yeah. is a bit like that now of course it's going to continue to evolve and get better it's going to be that's able to make analogy, assumptions. By the way. That's, that's awesome analogy yeah and so at the end of the day you know you have to be able to give directions to let ai know what you want to do and if you give really thorough good directions it can produce amazing results yeah and you can systematize it so once you understand for example that you need to take this episode and you need to from this episode create 
three one minute long shorts for YouTube consumption with um, captions and and a blog tied to the episode. You can you can systematize that, box it up, and use it over and over and over again. And you yeah. can even tweak it, right? Yeah. But if if you were to tell an employee, hey, take this episode and edit it. Well, what's the outcome? Who's the audience? Why am I editing it? What am yeah. what do you what's the what's the expectation of that? Yeah. So really what it comes down to is management and communication skills. Okay. Which I will admit, like we are at, at our age at an advantage over, for example, my kids' age. Because they have been constantly fed information based on their previous search desires. Okay. And they lack the ability today to clearly articulate what they want. Because they've been told. Because they've been fed what they want based on their previous experiences. Okay. So when it comes to younger, the younger generation, it's going to be learning a new skill set, right? It's going to be learning a new skill set. And... (laughs) That is concerning, actually. Um, I, I never, I never thought about it like that because, I mean, even, I mean, I use this analogy with my kids all the time and joke with them about like you need to be bored. Like they're like, I'm bored. I'm like, good. You need to be bored because yes. that's how your brain works. Your brain doesn't function properly if you don't have time to contemplate things when you're just constantly being fed information over and over again. You know, I would joke like when I went when I was a kid. I mean, we're lucky. How old are you, Michael? 41. Okay. So we're about to say I'm a 45. So when I was a kid, I mean, we got in this generation where we didn't have internet when we grew up, it wasn't there. Right. Um, it came when we were in our, you know, teenage years, or at Mm -hmm. least for me, that's kind of when it showed up and we kind of learned all the iterations of what it has been through this point. And the acceleration has been unbelievable, but we, we got to exist in a period of time where, you know, I could ride my bike down the street and my mom would have no idea where I was, you know, for six and a half hours until I came home. And she just hoped to the universe that nothing happened in that time and didn't really worry about it until she needed to. And so like, but we were left kind of to our own devices, you know, and, and these days the kids, they just don't have that. They don't have the ability to sit there. My son, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking you. I think he would literally go insane if he had to just sit in a room with no television, no internet, no nothing, nothing at all. And just think like, I don't think he could do it. I really don't. And what would he think about? Yeah. I mean, the scary part is I don't know what I would do. Yeah, true. I mean, I'm, I, I came from your generation, same thing. I come back at dinner, drink from the hose. I'm back yeah. out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was my upbringing. And, and, and like, I try to, do that with my kids. Hey, go get lost. Get out of here. Here's your bike. Here's your scooter. Go do something. Right. I mean, yeah. and they go do it for an hour. Oh, I was out there for an hour. Can I please play video games? Okay. Everyone gets to design their own parenting skills, yes. but yeah. there's only so much protecting them from this because it is going to be important in their life moving forward. And the ability to leverage the technology is going to be how they make an income yeah. in the future. Yeah. And so there's a fine balance between, um, you know, taking your kids into the woods and making them play and, and also encouraging them to, to learn how to use technology. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, well, you can't eliminate it from it because, you know, anybody that says like the folks that are like, well, I'm only using a flip phone and I'm not, you know, engaging. Well, I mean, look, you can, right. You can exist sure. that way. You want to go live out in the woods and chop wood and, you know, garden, which, you know, I, I encourage learning those skills. We, 
we talked about that a little bit before we came on, but, um, but at the same time, if you want to exist in today's world, and especially if you are running a business or if you are trying to, you know, make money and pay your bills, um, you don't, in a lot of ways, you don't have a choice. You have to integrate because that's where everybody is. So if you're not engaged in the places they are, then you can't take advantage of, you know, the opportunities that, that, that become from that. And so it's, it's something where it's like this, what do you do kind of a thing, because we don't want to be forever mired in technology, but at the same time, you have, you don't have a choice. Like you have to be in there or else you're going to miss out. Yeah. And I mean, there's also levels to that. You, you know, you don't have to, to leverage technology. There's plenty of ways to make money building pottery, sure. you know, or, or, or wiring somebody's house with electrical and, yeah. you know, and technology will eventually improve the processes for doing all those things. And, you know, but it's likely that there's professions for people outside of technology. Okay. Sure. Yeah. But with that until being said, picture until they can fix your plumbing, then, you know, we still. Yeah, need- right. I yeah. mean, it probably will happen at some point. I mean, I don't know my lifetime. It, we've we've supposedly been having flying cars on the roadmap here for since I was, you know, a kid in the. Yes, 80s. it's Back to the Future, nineteen eighty five. That's what yeah, and so you know that's, and here we are, twenty twenty four, and it's still not a thing, right? Because there's the complications, logistics, things you have to, and there's also forces outside of your own business that are going to put roadblocks in the way of leveraging technology to its fullest extent, like government intervention with how AI works and what you can, like, for example, robo sales systems, AI powered sales bots were allegedly going to be like changing the way the sales happened. Cold call robocallers. It's like your appointment center, the, the early state, well, can't use them in the U S anymore. They passed legislation that says you can't make calls with a robocaller tied to AI. That's going to start happening, you know. Yeah. There's going to be regulation, and probably for the, probably for the better. Yeah, let me push back because people don't want to be annoyed constantly by some robot calling them on the phone twenty four seven. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so, I mean, you you leveraging technology, yes, is it important? Now, the thing is, if you're 45, 41, could you make another ten year push in your business, old school? I think you can. Okay. I think I think you could. I think that if you really committed to old school ways, you could work with customers who are your age or older, who are also not adopting, adapting to the new technology, and that, that's your niche. And you could build a solid book of business until you're ready to retire. Yeah. If you're 20, I don't think it's an option for you. Right. Right. You're gonna you're gonna be working with younger customers and if you want your career to last more than 10 years, there's going to be some changes that are going to prevent that from being scalable. Well, I say it all the time. It's like the, uh, the I, I do think there are old school methods that still are functional because like uh, I use the mailbox as an example, right? I mean, yeah. we're used to, again, back in our day when we were younger, you know, the mailbox, you would open that thing up and it would be a, a stack of stuff, just yeah. this thick, every mailer, every flyer, every whatever you could possibly get. Then email comes along. Right. And now the cost to deliver to 10,000 people is significantly, I mean, orders of magnitude significantly cheaper than putting yep. something in the mail. Right. Yep. So now your email is filled up with your, we have, we literally have spam folders specifically for the fact that we just get hit with junk mail on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. But that leaves, but things still go through the mail. 
And now there's, when I go to open my mailbox every day, I might have two or three things for some, sometimes nothing. Right. So if you're an old school marketer and you're like, well, where, where can I get more eyeballs and attention that I stand out from the crowd? Well, that's a place where you could go because very few people are there. So if you want to go back to creating the mailers with your picture and I mean, you can use technology because you can put a QR code on there and yep. have them go and give you a review or look at the neighborhood valuations or whatever the case may be. But that's a marriage of, Hey, this is an old school technique that we used to market to people with an, with the technology flair, because I'm using this QR code to give people access through their phone to all the information I want to give them. And, and that's a great marriage of those two things because you're using both both opportunities to interact with your clients better. Yeah. I mean, it gets, it's, you're not competing as much for attention yeah. at that level, right? Most of what they get is bills. Yes. You know? Yes. And so when you send something that's happy, like, Hey, congratulations, you got like 30,000 more equity in your home. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Like I got this bill for a hundred bucks, yeah. but I have 30,000 more equity in my yes. home. Thank yes. you, Mike. Good you day. Know, yeah. I'm super, super excited about that. And, and, yeah, you can marry the two. Like you could let you could let technology help provide you with customized tools. I mean, building a postcard in Canva never been easier, right? Yeah. To build a, a, an effective postcard. That is one tool I think is really popular and really powerful. Canva, mm -hmm. you know, it allows somebody who has almost no technical skills when it comes to doing uh, editing image or building flyers. It allows you to kind of within an yeah. hour. A myriad of templates. We actually, I was looking at your podcast the other day and cause I've, I'm always playing around with thumbnails. Cause I just, I don't know, I don't know it very well. And I'm trying to make something that doesn't look cheesy and whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so if you look at my YouTube page, I've gone through, you can see my evolution of thumbnails, Yeah. but, um, I looked at your show and then I realized that cause I use a different one for the actual episode that I post and then the pre like the event one. And we use the same Canva template. Oh, yeah, for totally. <laughs> I was it like, oh, I know where you got that. I know where you got that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's exactly right. And I do the same thing with like when I send an email out, they want to, it's a video they want to click. I like put a YouTube thumbnail in there. It's just, yeah. it makes it easy. And um, so that, yeah, you can certainly, you know, you don't have to go like off the deep end and like prompt your day away. Yes. You know, that's, but, but there's a healthy dose of information and learning and, and of, of this stuff that you can take on and, there's lots of resources, guys, too. I mean, you can find the information yeah. uh, on how to do it and what's important. And the thing about the you 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 talked about um, you know mail being a really good way to to communicate with people today, and I, I completely agree with that. Um, emails very very commoditized. I mean, everybody collects email. Yeah. I think CRMs from an email perspective are a waste of money. You know, like sending an email with Thanksgiving recipes, no one cares. Mm -hmm. It's not top of mind. People care about their own stuff, not what you care about. Yeah. And so, you know, one one question is when you're looking at technology, is the technology you're deploying in your business there to serve your customers' interests or your interests? Right. So so in my mind, like, so one thing I always coach with our platform with pre-approved me is it's a system to help you play offense in your mortgage business, which basically is how do you get in front of the questions your clients have? before they have them so that they use your tools and systems as a resource to get the information they care about. Right. Versus going online and getting sucked into somebody else's funnel. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So speaking of that, um, I do want you to explain, um, a little bit about what pre-approved me does. So especially now this is more geared towards lenders specifically, but, 
um, realtors can really use this tool and it's a powerful tool, especially because of everything that you've said about keeping yep. them. You're trying to keep people in your sphere, not going out to the wild, wild west of the internet because you never know where they're going to end up. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So I appreciate the the tea up there. So basically we talked today about how technology is here to stay and people are spending their time here, right? Yeah. This is the, the there's one thing I sleep closer to than my wife. It's my phone. No, it's sick. As sad We're as that is, right? Beings. We're all sick human beings, yes. And I give my wife a kiss goodnight, and then I check my phone. It's the last thing I do before I go to bed. And the first thing you do. When the you first thing I do in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. How backwards is that? But it's and the reality. It's my the way my brain's wired. It's the way her brain is wired. But it we is. We actually last week just talked about disconnecting like phones out of the bedroom an hour before bed. So we're gonna try it. We're gonna just give it a shot. Okay, see yeah. how that is. Um. So what does the system do? Well, essentially what it allows a loan officer to do is build a brand and, 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 and add it to your customer's most precious uh, device. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we build custom mobile apps for mortgage companies. And essentially what this mobile app does is an ecosystem that sits on top of your LOS to manage their entire mortgage and home ownership journey. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's everything they need to from from uh, a virtual business card with tools, calculators, messaging, all wrapped into like top of lead funnel, uh, engagement and conversion through the transactional management piece, a point of sale, applying for a loan, having that application produce a list of documents that the customer needs to get you based on the data in the application. So we're leveraging AI to help produce that list of conditions tied into, um, you know, how are we, communicating about the mortgage process in a way that everyone can check on it 24 seven, they're getting notifications, they're tied into the, the experience. And then how do we make it customizable so that if someone like you, Mike, was to invest in truly playing offense and you wanted to build up an ecosystem that had, you know, like maybe the visualization is the, the app is like a shopping mall mm -hmm. and the tools you embed into the system are like stores. And every store has got the different products and different information. And, you know, you're essentially sitting on top with a, in a lawn chair, watching your customers move through their mortgage and real estate, real estate experience. And as much value as you can pack into the mobile app, the more likely they are to off ramp into the store that you own, right? When they yeah. leave your store and they go to somebody else's store, that's when there's problems. Right. So essentially our system is designed to help you engage those customers by allowing you to build a custom experience and tie it to uh, the position your clients live in the process. So like you meet somebody at a soccer game, they're not ready to apply. They need different tools than somebody who's writing an offer on a house. Right. Different information. Right. Okay. And so from a marketing perspective, it's very important to deliver the information your clients will need based on where their, where their brains are at, you know? Mm -hmm. So it takes a bit of setup to get that dialed in the way you want. But when you do, it's super powerful because you can protect yourself and your realtors from externalities, right? Other people trying to get their attention. How's it play out for a realtor? Well, essentially you have that same glass ceiling on the mat, on the, on the mall. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and your loan officer can embed your tools in their mobile app. So if you've got a great home search, you've got, um, you know, you've got a, a link to schedule showings. You want to run numbers before you take your client touring for houses to make sure they qualify for the house. So you're right. not wasting your time or touring with your fingers crossed. Right. 
super important, right? The ability to get a pre-approval letter, check loan status, everything's co-branded. Um, loans close faster because your clients are, you know, like we said, emails, emails are not a good way to get people's attention today. Well, most lenders communicate the documents we need via email. Yep. Well, if I get off, when I get off this podcast and I, and I go to my email, I'm going to have 30 emails. Right. And well, actually, fortunately I'm not because my assistant, he deletes them all. Right. But most people they'll have 30 emails. Okay. Yep. And if I wait two hours, it's going to be off the first page of my account. Yeah. So staying top of mind with needs and having a system to remind the client and to give them the ability to use the technology they're comfortable with their phone. They can, manage everything on the computer, phone, text, email, wherever they want. Call it the choose your own adventure mortgage system. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we built. And, and that's what we're focused on doing is helping loan officers stay and realtors stay, you know, uh, valuable throughout this process. Yeah, I was, um, you know, I've been doing this mortgage space for a little while and um, everybody has, you know, and I think when we first met, because, you know, I always like to find out the new tools that company offers and, and things that they have that I can use. Um, and just like anything else, like we talked about, it's one bite at a time. So you're just trying to get what you can get, figure it out. But, um, but when we sat down and met for the first time, um, you know, in my head, I was like, okay, well, everybody's got an app. So I just need to know what the functionalities of the app are and how they work. Mm -hmm. But, but when you started getting into the pieces of, you know, having the the loan scenario that's already built out inside of our LOS that feeds into the app. So then that way, because like you said, in our conversation originally, you know, and this is true, when a mortgage person qualifies a buyer for a house, we're not qualifying them for a purchase price. We're qualifying yep. them for a payment. Yep. And, it, and if you're with somebody that's kind of shopping towards the, maybe the top end of their, you know, of their range that they can qualify for mm -hmm. that payment calculation becomes incredibly important when you're trying to make offers because we need to know if they're at the top end if they can qualify because taxes are different insurance is different mortgage insurance i mean a lot of realtors don't realize this but mortgage insurance on a conventional loan is very much factored or the the debt to income is very much factored into that so if you if you push your debt to income to 46 or 47 percent on a home and you don't update the mortgage insurance premium, well, if that jumps $100 because their credit scores may be a little on the low end and then now they're at a 47, 48, 49 DTI, well, then all of a sudden, boom, they don't qualify for that house yep. you know, without making some significant changes. But what your app does is it takes that functionality and it makes it to where if the realtor goes in and puts in their taxes, because you can pull it up on your MLS, it's written yep. right out there. So not always accurate, if I'm being honest, <laughs> you know, because it's it's... It's a uh, human data that's typically put in there. Um, but if that shows up and you put that information in, then it'll calculate within the app. Okay. Yeah. This payment fits. And then at the bottom, it says you're good to go. And yeah, yep. just that feature alone um, takes a lot of the stress from the loan officer. It takes it from the real estate agent. It takes it from the bar. We're having to find out. Cause I still have people call me and say, Hey, and I tell people, I'm like, Hey, when you find a house that you like, shoot me the address and shoot me the purchase price. And then I'll make sure that it fits. Well, now I don't really have to do that because now it's already built in there. And I'm like, no, just put it in the app. It'll tell you if it's good or not. Yeah. And realtors have that control and that capacity to, to protect their time now. Yes. And that is really the biggest, I think for me, that was the, the biggest, you know, piece that 
I didn't expect. Cause originally I'm like, I, I can't take calls at 9am on Sunday anymore, you know? Yeah. But what I didn't expect was that my realtors were struggling with the alter, the opposite problem, which was they needed to know before they showed their client anything that they qualified to buy it. And there was just no good way to communicate that part of the process. Yeah. And so what our platform does is like with that little piece where we're using the customer's financial data, their income assets and debts, the guidelines for the loan program to let essentially a realtor have a loan officer in the palm of their hand yeah. and the borrower to have a loan officer in the palm of their hand. We do the same thing with every aspect of the process when it comes to the the home buyer or the or the or the borrower. Okay, so we're helping them manage conditions the same way, getting in front of that, yep. and that's why I say we play help loan officers play offense in their business because information is available. We want to be the conduit that they get it, but they shouldn't have to wait for us to pick up our phone in order to get the information. Yeah, because more and more people are just seeking it now. They're just going out there and looking for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't imagine how many people are asking Chat GPT about what the mortgage process is today. Yeah. You yeah. know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh it's something to where because this is what we do, real estate, mortgage, all in general, is something that becomes so foreign to people. Not because it's like everybody owns a house, or no, I'm sorry, not everybody owns a house, especially not these days. But but people buy homes, right? But but the rules change, the guidelines change, the process changes on a regular basis. And so if you bought a house 10 years ago, it does not mean that it's anything like what it's going to be like today to buy that house. And so because of the distance between the distance of time between the transactions, the average consumer just doesn't have the basic knowledge. I mean, I, I think we talked about this maybe in our first, but but it's still the number of people that think that you have to put down 20% to buy a home is still something like 60%, right? Yeah. And we yeah. all know that that's not the case and it hasn't been ever, or at least not for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, um, it's just one example of the fact that we just assume as professionals that our clients understand some basics about the, about the process that we just yep. is not true. And that's why the education on social media is so important. That's why, having technology tools at your fingertips that you can create this educational information to build, which, oh, by the way, are great funnels to get clients and people to come to you. Um, and when you're creating this type of stuff and leveraging the technology and tools that you have, that's going to get you more opportunities to have better relationships with people because they don't know this information and you have to find a way to get it to them. And whether you use social media or whether you use your app and build your videos inside of it to, to follow the steps of the process that, you're the human talking to them, then, you know, then, then you're not leveraging all the tools available. And that's, and that's really, like I said, the crux of what we're talking about today is, is you can still stay with your clients and it's all about scalability because if you have more time to have those one-on-one -on -one interactions, because all of the mundane processes and tasks are being managed on the back end by some piece of technology, well, that let, lets you help even more people. Yeah, I mean, I love that. And the, and the, the thing that, you know, a lot of people struggle with is putting, themselves in their borrower's shoes or their their homeowner's shoes because you are an expert in the industry. I mean, if you've been in the mortgage or real estate industry for six months, you more than know more than 98% of the yes. normal population. Yep. yep. So so the, then the, it comes down to how do you identify what they don't know and put yourselves in their shoes? Well, for me, anytime I got a question at all, any question, I had a process where I'd write the question down. I'd ask myself, why did they ask me the question? What were they really looking for? What information were they really looking for? And how can I answer this question for every customer that I have in the future without having to personally 
answer it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that was my process. So I had a list of hundreds of questions, like what is an appraisal? How long does it take? When's it come back? Do I have to pay for it in advance? Why do I pay for it in advance? And every time I got a question, my team knew, put in the spreadsheet, let's figure out which ones and tally them up. How many times yeah. am I getting this question? Hey, how do we automate that? Okay. That yeah. was what, why we built pre-approved me is because we know these customers or realtors have these questions. We want to provide them the answers quickly, but we can't be constantly available to, to get those answers. And so here's the, here's the trick. I would, you know, we talked about triggers earlier. Back in the day when I was doing loans, I didn't wear hats all the time because, you know, I was a professional, right? right? Now it's acceptable. But yeah. in 2010, 2012, oh, you can wear a hat. I would put a hat on to, to trigger myself out of my professional state and to put myself in the, the consumer's shoes. And I would and I would essentially now be like, okay, I'm a borrower. It's like role playing. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And so what is your what wife is in the room with you this time or no? <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so that, and so that's the thing, right? I mean, um, you have to find a way to identify that information and then how do you want to solve it for the next client who has the same question? Yeah. And if you're not building a system to deal with it, you are the system to deal with it. It's just your time. You get to eat up. They're just going to eat up your time. So great. I mean, how many times can you answer the same question guys? I mean, that's really, you know, my, my opinion. It's not that they don't need to know. It's that. You know, maybe there's a better way of delivering it. Well, and the goal is because everybody, you know, if you ask the average real estate, real estate or real estate agent or loan officer, you know, what do you, well, I'm trying to help my clients. I want to help them understand how, <clears throat> and who's the best person to do that. Well, if you think that you're the best person to do that, which I think most of us do, then how can you help more people more. answer more questions? Well, the yeah. way that you do that is by automating and systemizing these yeah. questions, but you can't, again, going back to the very beginning of what we talked about is if you don't have this stuff written in and you don't have a plan on what you need to tell people and what they need to, the answers they need to know, then none of these tools are going to be helpful to you whatsoever. And that has to be the first, when you sat down and you started writing out those questions, how long is the appraisal? Where do I have to pay for it? You know, how long does it take to come back? That didn't happen. You didn't solve all those problems in a day. It took no. a long time to build that system, to build those questions up, to figure out, okay, what can we group together? How often do we get asked? Can I make a video about this? Where do I need to put it? All of that stuff took time. But now, fast forward five years or 10 years or, you know, I think with 2010 10 years, yeah. 10 years, yeah. Um, you know, now you have an entire company and you're, you know, sitting here chatting with me about, you know, how AI is going to take over the world. So it's a pretty yeah. good system. I love, I love that too, the way that you phrase that. It's you don't know how the problem is going to be solved. And oftentimes because you've been dealing with it a certain way for so long. And I talk to loan officers about this all the time. They go, I go, tell me what's frustrating you in your, in your business. And I don't care if you think there's no solution. Tell me about it. Yeah. Because in my mind, there was no solution for answering that question. What's my payment? Do I qualify? Can I get a pre-approval letter? There was no solution for that. Yeah. And so the process, and I'll tell this story very often, the process was, Long, it took over a year and a half to two years for me to figure it out, right? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to educate my clients. So when they come to me for the pre-approval, I'm going to tell them about DTI and I'm going to hand them a, a mortgage calculator. And then they can run their own numbers and figure out if it's in alignment. Well, now rates have moved. Okay. Well, so how are they going to deal with that? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to build a spreadsheet, right? I'm going to email them a spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet has all their income assets and debts tied into it. And, and they can leverage the spreadsheet and they can run the numbers. And then on the second page, if they see a it qualified, it's going to let them print a letter. 
okay, 10% of my clients used it. Yeah. 90% of them, like all emails, after the first week, it was completely gone. They forgot about it. They didn't use it. Okay. So now what? Okay. I'm going to hold educational seminars for realtors. I'm going to give them the spreadsheets because they're professionals and they're going to keep them top of mind and you're going to be able to leverage them with each client. Well, spreadsheets gone. Oh, I couldn't find Joe's spreadsheet. All I could find is Susan's spreadsheet. Okay. So that didn't work, right? Maybe a little bit more. Yeah. So there's a process for this guys. Don't think you're going to solve the problem in one day. At the end of the day, it took me two years to figure out the way just to deliver the information. Yeah. And it's taken me another eight years to, it's not even perfect. It's taken me eight years to get it to the point where, you know, it's providing the right value for the right people. And we're going to continue to improve it based on the feedback and the questions that are annoying our members. You know, yeah. that's at the end of the day, that's how you need to approach it. Well, and like you said in the beginning, it's one bite, one bite at a time. You can't eat the whale in one bite. You got to take one step. And the place you have to start is you just have to start. And and you've got to figure out where, where you're trying to go, where the ship is trying to head, and then start building questions and, and solutions around that and processes that'll help you get there and just be patient with it because it will take time and it, it isn't. But if you don't start now, then you're going to be behind no matter what. So you got to get it yep. going one way or another. Yep. Love it. Well, Michael, I appreciate you, man. Um, we're we're just over an hour, so I don't want to keep too much of your time. So thank you so much for uh, hopping on and chatting with me a little bit about this. Um, I'm sure we could go on and on about AI taking over the world at some point too. So maybe <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll carry on that conversation another time. But right. um, I really appreciate you hopping on with us for a little bit. Um, just uh, just as a quick reminder at the end here, just tell everybody um, you know how to find you, where you're at. If, if there's any lenders or companies out there that are interested in pre-approve me and want to find out more about that, just uh, let them know how to do that. Yeah. The best place is just go to our website, go to pre-approve me That's a P P at the end, pre-approve me app. And, um, or you can email me, uh, Michael at pre-approve me app.com. Um, yeah, we'd love to, to chat with any loan officer or mortgage company that wants to build this kind of experience for their customers and realtors. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I will have those informations in the, sh- I'll have that information in the show notes because chat GPT just heard you do that and it'll be able nice. to print it off for me. So I don't have to worry about it. So <laughs> it'll be available in there. Um, we will be back. Uh, I'll be back on Tuesday next week with my market update. Um, there was a new thing released this week or actually today. Um, HUD made some changes to what they're going to allow borrowers to do regarding if you have an FHA loan and you can't make your payments. Um, they have a new program in place that are going to minimize uh, reduction on your payment. I'm sure they're going to tack it onto the end. So I'm going to dig into that, talk a little bit about that. So you guys know what's going on there. And then all the other, uh, news that's happening. Hopefully everybody's cell phones are back on and, uh, we're not, uh, you know, headed towards Armageddon. So, all right. Well, everybody have a great week. Thanks for tuning into the end and I will see you next week. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Take care.